right. So we're continuing through our Habakkuk series. Yep. Yeah, it's our it's our week three, and we've got Christy Stevens, our women's ministry director here mm-hmm. in the flesh. Fantastic. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Uh, and my name is Miles Quibido. I am our creative and production director here at the North Canton Chapel. And so knowing that we're diving into week three of a series, Christy, it's kind of yeah. wild that uh, on the third week, we're only beginning on the fifth verse. Yes. Yeah, which is it's kind of audacious. It's kind of kind of <laughs> wild. But I think that so far we've seen kind of an interesting like method of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of learned a little bit about like the nature of prophets, oracles, and yeah. and also just this idea of Habakkuk last week, um, kind of crying out to God and having this position of just frustration with the circumstance right. and and not really knowing it, what are you doing, God? What is right. the, the circumstance we're in? Um, and so we're reading through uh, verses five through 11, also in chapter one um, uh, this week. And so uh, verses five through 11, it starts off like this. It says, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on, guilty men whose own might is their god. Fantastic. And I always laugh anytime that anybody's mm-hmm. a much more well-read person than me that, that just blasts through it and it sounds like narration. Spend a lot of my day reading out loud. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, looking at this scripture, especially, you know, in in contrast or in, in comparison to mm-hmm. what we've read up to this point, it still kind of sits with this idea of, you know, Habakkuk kind of going through this um, exclamation of what's yeah. taking place. And so I guess knowing what we're talking about and how we're kind of consistently pacing through Habakkuk's, you know, review of the way that things are, um, I think we're seeing a lot of his heart for what's taking place, but in the past few verses we've been in also how his position is as it relates to what God is doing, or in some ways he feels like what God maybe isn't doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess one of our first kind of like really powerful talking points is, um, you know, God will answer and do things in ways we don't always understand. Uh, But how can we practically uh, remind ourselves of this in harder times? Yeah. Yeah. You know, as I was pondering this question, um, I kept coming back to the idea of stories and songs because, you know, it'd be easy to have like, it would be, in some ways, I think we want God to give us like a systematic theology book that's like, here are all the things you need to know about me and you can just know them and they're clear cut. But he gave us a lot of stories and he gave us an entire book of Psalms. Yeah. And um, I think so often... He gives us these because that's what actually changes our hearts mm-hmm. where I can know things. I can know them all day long. Right. But the reality is like what Habakkuk is facing, mm-hmm. he knows that God is good. Yeah. He knows that God is faithful. He knows that God always keeps his word. But he's looking around him and he's like, this doesn't feel good. No. Like what in the world? Right. You're raising up this evil nation. It's right. not even because they're righteous. 
God knows that they're evil. Mm -hmm. They're doing terrible things. Why would he allow this? Right. And so um, I think practically when we're wrestling with those very real questions and that is a normal thing to wrestle with, I sometimes think we don't give people space to ask these questions of how is God good yeah. when my life really doesn't feel good? And that mm -hmm. is a normative thing to wrestle yeah. with. And, um, you know, in my own life, I think it's the stories of scripture that often God brings up that because they connect with my heart. And so, you know, I was thinking about one of the first times we had a foster placement with us. We had this little baby. He was so vulnerable. The situation he was in was terrible. And I remember packing him up for a visit. And I could tell you all these truths. God is good. He loves him more than I do. He is sovereign mm -hmm. and he's in control. Right. But the fact is I had this tiny baby right. that was in danger. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel confident that he was going to be protected. Right. And the story that God kept using was Jochebed putting Moses in the Nile of like, this is out of my control. Like at some point, faith looks like trusting that you are good and that you're going to take this child yeah. and care for him. You know, or times that you've, I felt forgotten and it's Joseph sitting in prison that the Lord just keeps yeah. bringing up of like, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The text keeps saying, even though he's been slandered and imprisoned and forgotten yeah, and betrayed. Right. All those things. And yeah. the Lord was with him. And, um, you know, because I think sometimes those stories give us this glimpse of the bigger shape of God's story of what he's doing. You know, it's like right. they, at those moments, those individuals couldn't see mm -hmm. this unbelievably grand story that God was weaving. Yeah. They just saw their crisis right then. We get to see the bigger story of what That's God true. was doing. And the same in our lives, you know, we are in, we're locked in this moment and it is very hard to see yeah. how God could bring redemption or any good, how he's present in it. And I think these stories help us to see models of how people they are not the point. God is the point, but it helps us to see how God worked in these right. individuals' lives, that he was present with them through all of that. So I think that was a, that's a big thing, to be immersed in the stories of scripture, yeah. not just looking for like a one, <laughs> you know, a, one quick pithy line that yeah. will just be like, oh, God is good. Right. Everything's good. Because no, that the, doesn't change my heart. No, you know? it doesn't. And in the way that like, even as, as you're thinking of the analogy I would think of, it's just like, you could take a remarkably burnt piece of toast yeah. and slather all the amount of butter on it to make <laughs> right. it make sense to you. But it's still a darn burnt yeah, piece of it's toast. It's still gross. And so at the end of the day, like <laughs> what you're saying is so true. I feel like our our position as people, mm -hmm. um, we've got a, a, an abundance of people that, that suffer from mental health and, yep. and a lot of different things. And I think that through a culture of stuffing feelings and, yes. and, and covering up mm -hmm. a lot of the way that things are to make it seem right. uh, like it's not as bad or I shouldn't have to worry. Right. I'm, I feel guilty for worrying. I yes. feel guilty for feeling emotion on this. Um, and then, you know, and I'll be honest, like the church sometimes doesn't always help that right? Um, because we convince ourselves that to be faithful is to have no emotion towards yes. the, the bad situations. Yes. Uh, but what you're saying and uh, our group life and missions pastors said something very similar. Yeah. It's just like when we look at scripture, yeah. the larger scope of it, we see stories and it give God an opportunity to speak to us yes. about how faithful he truly is. Right. Um, and, you know, 
if you look at anything as it relates to both seeing how sin manifests poorly or how God is faithful and he always comes through, the Bible is a great way of showing the history and precedent, like precedent and history are a great way to determine our future and the way we see it. And so if we see stories, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. uh, where God did make a way and he did do the things and even Habakkuk himself, like Mm -hmm. uh, in in a way that our uh, worship pastor Micah had referenced Psalms as it yes. related to King David. It was like Habakkuk himself <laughs> right. chose to see the larger scope Absolutely. of the history of God, uh, even as it relates to the passages we're in right, right. now. And and even as that, as he's remembering that larger scope, he's still asking really tough questions. For sure. He's you not know, lost on exactly. that idea. Yeah. And that just like what you're saying, we don't need to stuff it. Like if there's anything Psalms show us, it is that we have permission to come to God real and mm-hmm. be like, right. Lord, where are you? Like, my tears have been my food mm-hmm. day and night. You know, why are you so downcast? Lord, where are you? Why yeah. do the why do the wicked prosper and the yeah. righteous suffer? Like, these are some real- Big words. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's the fact that we believe that he is good and we believe that he's faithful that gives us permission to come and speak freely yeah. to him of like- Lord, I'm not seeing it, so I'm going to need you to help me connect mm-hmm. this to my my heart. And I think that's why the Psalms are so powerful as yeah. songs, that they're singing these things to mm-hmm. themselves. And, you know, I think even as modern believers, the role of music often is to help us sing these yeah. truths into our hearts yeah. that, um, you know, I, I need to worship myself, and I also need to sit in a room surrounded by other believers yeah. that... You know, when I'm in a very deep, dark spot, looking around that room on a Sunday morning and seeing people that I know have walked through unbelievable trial, mm-hmm. and I'm wa- hearing them, hearing the song that yeah. they are singing, yeah. wash over me, that God, you are faithful, that you have never let me down, you have never failed, yeah. you are good. Like, they are helping me sing my heart to belief, yeah. you know, of like, no, he is good. Yeah. And we have all walked through different flavors of suffering mm-hmm. and we can all testify that he is faithful he will not fail us you know one day we're this is going to make sense and so together um, that role of doing that i think is so powerful yeah and so like even uh those of you guys that are a part of our worship production mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things um we had a recent uh retreat and i put together a like a uh, presentation related to production. It's always yeah. one of those fickle things. I promise there's a reason why I mentioned this. Um, <laughs> it's one of those fickle things, like different people have different opinions on mm-hmm. production, audio lighting, and that's fine. Like I totally understand that. The one thing that I did want to mention as related to the sound mm-hmm. we use in our specific space is that the reason why we do what we do is because we want people to sing unashamedly. Yeah. And I talked about the just the anatomy of what happens to people when we yeah. sing. Uh, there's a lot of studies shown that when we sing together, crazy things can happen in mm-hmm. our body where our heartbeat our heartbeats slowly kind of begin to work in the same synchronicity yeah. with each other. Um, and even aspects of um, like therapy, like there's a reason why they have groups that get together and sing. Right. Uh, it's because a lot of the stress, anxiety, and things that to even like secular groups acknowledge yeah. it as being a benefit. Um, 
when we bring those kind of pieces of awareness into the church, and especially as it relates to singing reminders of who God is and what he's done, it brings on this whole new level of what it means to be in community, even just for the sake of singing worship. Yes. Um, So I- Almost like we were designed that way. It's crazy. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It is wild. And so- I guess the counter, like if we're if we're talking about okay, you know, when we see poor circumstances mm-hmm. and we have a confidence about the the sovereignty of God, the the faithfulness that He we can, we can have in Him right. through these moments. I guess when God is not or does things in a way we we don't expect, does that ever like does it ever cross your mind mm-hmm. or does it ever cross the mind of people that you've been in ministry mm-hmm. with that He's not good, um, and not in control potentially, right. um. I think a lot about like John Piper has a ton to say about these things, right. but what is your perspective on a statement yeah. like that? Well, yes. Like I said, I think that is a normal experience of the Christian walk to wrestle with it. Sure. And that's where it has to come down to faith. And I think I I have friends that tease me that I've like turned into the lament lady because I talk about lament all the, the lament time. lament lady. That's great. <laughs> but I think that's it's so powerful and it's so needed yeah. that we need to be able to come to the Lord and say, Lord, and not pretend. Yeah. You know, recently we were in a time of just really deep grief and people want to push you to be like, but remember, like, yeah, God's going to use the butter this. On the burnt toast yeah. And I'm again. like, yeah. well, yes, he will. Yeah. But like right now I'm grieving. So if you could just give me a minute. Right. Like, I do know that. I do know that. But I'm not feeling that right Right. now. Um, And so I think giving ourselves permission to not pretend before the Lord or go silent with Him. Because I think sometimes we we feel like, oh, this isn't good. I'm really wrestling with this. So I I can't tell Him that. And so what we tend to do is pull back and go silent. And we can turn cynics, like into cynics real quick. Yeah. Um, instead of keeping, like, that's what Psalms model for us is keep talking to him. And again, respectfully and honestly, but but not pretending mm-hmm. of just like, Lord, I've, I've seen you do this and this and this. I know these things about you, but why? You know, um, I think one of the reasons, one of the stories that the Lord keeps bringing up to me over the years in different times of grief is Mary and Martha meeting Jesus on the road after Lazarus oh, sure, dies. Yeah. And that, you know, we we get these little glimpses of Mary and Martha. Their personalities are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my mind, I always picture Martha as she is this black and white. She gets stuff done like it needs to get done. She gets it yeah. done. She's a doer. And it's so fascinating to me that she and Mary say the exact same words to Jesus. They both say word for word, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have mm, died. Yeah. And Jesus' response to Martha is, Martha, do you believe that I am that mm. I am who I said I am? And she's like, yes, you know, I believe you are the resurrection. You know, and yeah. he's like, Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. You can trust me. He doesn't tell her anything about Lazarus. Yeah. He just is like. He gets to the point about who he is. Yeah. And that's all she needs. Whereas Mary comes and says the exact same words and dissolves at his feet in tears. Mm. And he doesn't give her, he doesn't give her the rational, do you believe? He just weeps with Mary. Mm. And 
we have a God who knows us as individuals. And sometimes there are those of us that are going to wrestle more intellectually with, I don't understand how these things go together. And sometimes we as people need a rational, like, no, we can trust him. He is who he said. Sometimes we need to see that Jesus weeps with us, that the world is broken, that he understands the depth of the pain we carry. He's not, he wasn't like, oh, Mary, I'm going to, he's going to walk into your arms in a couple minutes. Just Mm -hmm. hold on. He doesn't pat her on the head and lessen her pain. Yeah. He weeps with her. And sometimes we are really bad at that with other believers to say, you're in a point of pain mm-hmm. and like God weeps with you. Let me weep with you. And then we will get back to talking about truths yeah. that you propositionally know. But right now, like you need to grieve. And Jesus does not gloss over that with Mary. No. And so I think even just resting that, that because he is good, because he does not change, but he also knows us as individuals and he never gives us a quick pat answer. Yeah. You know? Um, and again, I, I think that's why he gives us stories because they connect with us in those ways of just like he sees us as we are. He made us and we don't need to pretend. We can come to him with the junk that we're wrestling with and let him meet us the way we need to be met in it. Yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, this isn't, this is a kind of just a point of curiosity. Mm-hmm. I think I just want to ask you about what do you think it is that makes the patch it up? Jesus is good. Oh. Move on. What, you know, why are we inclined yeah. as the church, as individual people, whatever it might be? Why do we do that? Yeah. Because it's, it's not like, at least from a biblical basis, right? it's not like that idea of let's expedite the process. Mm-hmm. Here's a Bible verse and move on. It's not like that's something that is written in scripture to be the right. prescribing nature of how we should do it. Mm-hmm. So why do we do that? Oh, that's a loaded question. I think culturally we're just really bad at grieving. Mm. Um, I think as Americans, we really, really want to believe in this narrative of like <laughs> this like victorious narrative where sure. everything is good yeah. and like good things happen to people who pull themselves up by the bootstraps and work hard and do the right thing and good things happen to them. Um, I think other cultures have wrestled with grief and the reality yeah, of loss better than sure. we have. Um, part of it, we're just really good at denial. Yeah, um, that's, that's right. Yeah. One thing I think, too, that has come up with with different ministry conversations I've had over the years is I think we really don't understand faith, that faith isn't just isn't just gloss over it of like, I believe God is good and all will be well. Um, Yeah. Because sometimes I think, is it really faith if we haven't wrestled with it Mm -hmm. and chosen to like plant our feet on it versus ignoring it? Mm -hmm. Um, I really like to ignore pain. I prefer to just be like, ah, it's fine. Everything will turn out fine. Um, Right. And the reality is, that's not me trusting God. That's me just not wanting to face reality of that sometimes things don't turn out yeah. well. And sometimes the person that you have been wrestling over and praying for, things don't go the way you long them to go. Mm-hmm. And that it's at that, that point that it becomes 
faith of like, will I hold those things together of like our world is broken and God is good and I will choose to trust you, which Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Habakkuk is so powerful because he's holding these truths together of like, Lord, you're raising the Chaldeans to like carry us. (laughs) What in the world? The worst case scenario is happening. How is this a thing? Yeah. But again, he just, he doesn't go silent. He just keeps talking to the Lord of like, I don't see your goodness. Yeah. So help me to see your goodness. And um, we, we, yeah, I think as Americans, we have to wrestle with faith, that faith has to be realistic. It's not just like Hakuna Matata, everything's no. going to be fine, yeah. um, which is what people want to do really quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, even times where I can give you specific examples of like just t- deep pain points in our life where people in their in their sincere effort to be encouraging sure, right. are like, oh, it'll be fine. You yeah. know, oh, God's going to use that. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Well, yes, but th- this is terrible. Yeah. Like, just look, it's really terrible, mm-hmm. but we don't even want to see it. You know, so I think it's culture. I think it's sometimes immaturity that we don't know how to deal yeah. with faith. Um, and yeah, just really wrestling with brokenness. But, you know, the last three years, I think, have pushed us sure. to wrestle with brokenness in a new way. And in, honestly, in some ways, I'm hopeful yeah. that it's growing us as an American church to to wrestle with brokenness right. and to really come to a deeper point of belief of yeah. like, Lord, help me to truly embrace this and yeah. not just look for like, you know, the sunny glow right. around the edges. Yeah. No, in complete agreement. Yeah. The last three years have been very like shattering of the mm-hmm. mirror, tearing of the, you know, the Wizard of Oz behind yes. the, it's, there's not a lot to to hide mm-hmm. uh, anymore, or at least that you can do without being very tacky about your right. faith about it. And I think that um, everything you said about, about culture is definitely mm-hmm. it. And we have an interesting like position as a culture at large where we're very fat on knowledge Mm-hmm. And but not very exercised in the practice of it, especially yes. as it relates to uh, faith and, right. and our relationship with God. And we confuse this idea of coming boldly before the throne as to putting on a mask and acting like yes. God is is our boss that we have to impress and show off right. for. Um, and it, it hurts us a lot. Mm-hmm. But what we can see and what you were saying is that the, the transparency that Habakkuk has both in the previous weeks right. uh, that we've been through the series, but also in this where he's just saying, you know, I don't get it. Right. I do not get it. Mm-hmm. The the people that I've been raised to believe that are the problem, you're you're doing something with this right. and I don't understand it. It breaks the mold of what I think is right. Exactly. Um, which challenges a lot. Uh, and we have these perceptions of right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah. And and uh, God is not confined to the basis that we've set for ourselves. Right. And so, um, but yeah, Habakkuk, I mean, I'm interested to see how, you know, our church, but at the larger scope of how this message affects people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the conversations and insight that you offer mm-hmm. uh, to this whole thing about being vulnerable, candid, honest, transparent with God is so true and yeah. something that we really should really take in and put a microscope 
our heart under the microscope to try and understand what are we doing to perpetuate that kind of right. thing for ourselves or for others. Um, because as a community, we we build into the culture that we want right. to set. Right. Um, so if we don't take those words and the, and the emphasis that Habakkuk has when addressing God seriously, right. uh, we're, we stand to repeat the same unfortunate history of how we deal with our own situations yeah. again and again. You know, even as you're talking, I was thinking about like that's that's moving from knowledge to wisdom, yeah. right? Right. That it's not just things I know, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm, yeah. Of like, the more I see that he is huge and vast and far beyond this little box that mm -hmm. I want to keep him in and the the easy answers that I want. Yep. And the more I see him as vast and glorious and lifted up and mm -hmm. and fear him appropriately, not as afraid of him, but fearing him as he should be. Right. And as Americans, we don't do that well. We mm -hmm. we like a little God who makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And the more that we fear him, the more we'll grow in wisdom and not just knowledge. That's too true. And that I mean, that's a fantastic point to end on. Christy, mm -hmm. thank you so much yeah. for Thanks taking for a moment. Me. I know that like in the in the thick there, we got really deep, really <laughs> fast. Uh, but that's good. And I'm glad that yeah. we were able to do that. So if you guys haven't tuned in at all to the Habakkuk series, we've got yeah. two messages already under our belts. Uh, you know, and the third one is right here in front of us. And so all to say is that I really do appreciate yeah. the ministry you do here uh, with men uh, women's ministry. And uh, if, if no one's plugged into a women's group or a women's event, please get involved. Yes, you know? we want you. It's yeah. we, we weren't meant to do this alone. You That's know, true. we need people to mirror these truths into us. Exactly. And so with that, thank you guys yep. for tuning in. Christy, thank you for being yep. here.